0: In this field note, we're going to be talking about how police and law enforcement and federal law enforcement, like Department of Homeland Security and the FBI, can lie to you, and why that's a dangerous tool in this program. First and foremost, if you're in this program and it's for anything like blowing the whistle on something, or um, you know, calling out someone's BS, like somebody with authority or whatnot, or maybe you're exposed to a leak and you tried to leak something to the press or what have you, um, you're gonna find yourself. Going through quite a bit of... What I call them... Filters. And the first filter is going to be... To try to get you put in a... Psych ward. And how they're going to do that. They're going to gaslight you. They're going to terrify you. They're going to do all that ghost in the machine shit. Where they're having your TV... Talking to you like... Doing real time deep fakes and... Both fucking... Mess with your Alexa... Make your Alexa start saying things randomly, like spooky things. They'll have your phone, or your computer's acting weird. They'll have people stalking around town and harassing you, saying crazy things, doing crazy things, exposing you to radiation, whatever. And they're gonna get, and then people are gonna break into your house non-stop. It's just fucking crazy. They're going to do that until they know you're going to get to the point of trying to report your abuse to the police. And the police are well informed. If not, as I've uh, demonstrated before, 99% of the time, if you are being gang stalked law enforcement is either actively involved or they're well aware of what's going on and they are not trying to get involved. Because somebody higher up the food chain is initiating your abuse. Regardless, uh, I was put through the first filter, which was to try to put me a psych and They tried to do that to me three times. Um, you know, and I was able to get through it. And they tried to manipulate me. They tried to convince, uh, convince me that, you know what I'm saying... I was just imagining this stuff, but it's like, no, I was there. I seen this stuff happen, etc. And, um, they tried to get me to say crazy things by playing word games with me. So they could try to declare me, you know, a nut job. So then I could no longer say that people were doing bad things to me. They could just write it off and be like, oh, well, he's crazy. He's lying. So I survived that first filter, and the second filter was to try to make me feel like I committed a crime, and that's why this was happening. And while I was going through this, I had all this gang-stalking stuff happening. I, All this people breaking in, people shooting me with radiation, poisoning my food, all this Ghost in the Michelle shit. I had people stalking me around town, saying crazy things. They were doing what they call street theater. And, uh, I was searching for a reason why this was happening and they were feeding me narratives, different narratives, what have you, but they tried to make me feel like I did something that I didn't do. And part of that, uh, process of trying to make you doubt yourself, et cetera. I've I've done many podcasts, one of the strategies, and there's many, you don't understand there's all sorts of strategies to make you doubt yourself, etc. And I feel like I've gone through them all. One of those is devaluation. It's the opposite of love bombing. You would think that would have a cooler name, right? Um, unfortunately, I was, I was just as disappointed as you probably are. But uh, devaluing is the opposite of love bombing. Or instead of uh, showering you with adoration... It's with uh, ridicule, etc. And people know about the practice in its more organic form of when people get cyberbullied and they end up like killing themselves. It's a real psychological, it's a real measurable behavioral science, uh, a, thing, a, a phenomenon of behavioral science, and you can set your clock to it and... It happens. They devalue you. They make you doubt yourself. I go through all sorts of strategies. And if you've listened to all the podcasts up until now, you've you've heard me talk and touch on them. But why the police are going to lie to you to try to make you think you deserve your abuse all of a sudden is because they are trying to shift the narrative. What they're going to be doing is try to have you focus on not solving your problem. Which is, let's say you were blowing the whistle on some police doing some fucked up things to you. Let's say that you were, gosh, you know, um, talking to a newspaper about shit. Let's say you were trying to report some police to internal affairs. Let's say people got caught trying to extort you and abusing their authority at their IT job. Let's say we, you were trying to leak something to the press. Let's say it was a military leak or something. Something, right? They are going to try to shift your focus to anything other than focusing on the issue at ha- at hand. And when you're being bombarded with the craziest stuff imaginable, you will get distracted and sooner or later you'll start to doubt yourself. You're like, yeah, maybe I am being... A drama queen, maybe I uh, don't know what I'm thinking about, etc. And they'll gaslight you into no, this isn't really happening. It's this other thing that's going on, or what have you? And they'll just keep hitting you over the head with another version of of, of your reality. It's gaslighting, essentially. Uh, you know, what I'm saying people in abusive relationships know what I'm talking about. The person will just say, "I didn't do that to you. You're just being crazy." you, build, blah, 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 and you just, like, they gaslight you. Um, But there's more, you know, another, you know, there are many different forms of gaslighting, but gaslighting essentially is to make you question your own reality and doubt your reality, and someone else is doing that to their benefit for some sort of strategic advantage. And one of those things is these police will... Do things like devalue you, etc. Or not even police, just your abusers. Um, try to make you feel like you deserve what's happening, um, etc. And it just it gets crazy. It gets out of hand. And you will eventually um, believe the things they're trying to tell you. Because just like when I you know, uh, illustrated to you the power of something called remarketing. And if you are ever owned your own business and possibly have used something called Google ads or what have you, it's incredible. Remarketing is responsible for over 50% of purchases. Over 50% of purchases happen because of a feature called remarketing. That's built into Google ads, which is why Google's Google. It's an advertising company. It's not a tech company. They learn everything they can about you, so I can sell you hyper-targeted rats. And, as I've s- said before, but I'm going to go over it for, you know, for, um, this podcast. Um, remarketing is when, let's say you go to a website, and you go to the shopping cart, and you put, like, I don't know, a shake weight in your shopping cart. And you, but you don't purchase the shake weight. Right? Um, and then you start surfing or whatever, and then two days later, all of a sudden you see the ads for the Shake Weight in your Amazon cart, and it keeps reminding you, hey, come back there and buy the thing, come back here and buy the thing or whatever. And eventually you buy the Shake Weight. That is remarketing. Or let's say we go to a website to check out like a surfboard or, um, you know, uh, maybe you go to Fenty Beauty. And you're checking out like one of their makeup kits or what have you, and you check out the page or what have you. What they'll do is then now all of a sudden you're seeing ads tar- uh, Customized for that thing that you saw and You see it everywhere all of a sudden and they're trying to remind you. Hey, why don't you come back and come you know, come check this out? Etc. Well over 50% of uh, purchases on the internet happen because of remarketing. It's that powerful and The same psychological phenomenon happens when you are hit over and 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 over the head with a narrative that isn't true. You will start to break down, like I've said in previous podcasts, the willpower is finite. It's not something that's just forever. Do you know what I'm saying? If people, everyone had great will willpower, there would be no fat people. Nobody would smoke. Do you understand? Like, and everyone would do shit in moderation. And guess what humans do? Oh, it's the absolute opposite of that shit. So, you're gonna break. They understand it's just, um, it's math. Eventually they know if they just keep hitting you over the head with an untruth, um, you will start to believe it and be convinced of it. And there are. Over 50% sure that'll happen. Because we have the data to back up. That people will make... Over 50% of purchases made online... Happen because of remarketing. That's a significant amount. If you think about how much money that is. So it is very significant. And repetition of a narrative... Over and over and over again... will sell all sorts of things. Like weapons of mass destruction. And for those of you who are... Gen Z's or what have you... Um... That's how we got into the war in Iraq. And that's why your grandchildren, Gen Z, will be paying off the $8 trillion in war debt we accrued from being there for 20 years. $8 trillion is a lot of money. It's gonna take a long time for the taxpayers to pay for that war. But if you just keep getting hit over and over and over, eventually you believe something. And um, I, want, I got two clips to play for you because It doesn't matter if I say something because, you know what I'm saying, this is me, this is my personal, you know, this is my podcast or what have you. It's obviously going to be better if somebody else tells you these things. So here is, I'm going to play you two clips. One clip, they're going to be back to back. One clip is going to be a clip of a guest on the Joe Rogan Show, um, the Wrongful Convictions Podcast, and they're going to go into How police Can Lie, and then I'm going to... Right after that clip, I'm going to play a clip from last week tonight with John Oliver. And if you're not watching that, um, you're missing out. That, That dude and his team, like, they absolutely break something down into its little tiny pieces. They show you why it's wrong. They make it entertaining. They write a funny, they write a funny, um, um, Script to it so you're entertained while they are absolutely exposing just so many wrongs. I mean, it's such a brilliant show. Uh, It's worth its weight in gold. Anyways, uh, last week tonight, Joe Rogan show. Everyone watches the Rogan show, right? That dude's top of the mountain. So you're gonna listen to uh, 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 a clip from the Rogan show when he's talking to his guest from the and Conclusions podcast, and then we're all, and then we're gonna go into John Oliver's week um, tonight.
1: And once you start talking and you're in that little airless room, you've seen it on TV, right? And they start the good cop, bad cop, and they intimidate you and they threaten you with the death penalty and they're allowed to lie.
2: Now, not, why are they allowed
3: to lie? That's a great question, Joe. I mean, in other Western countries, they're not. Interrogation for a number of understandable reasons. Sometimes people think, I don't need a lawyer. I didn't do anything. Or they believe they're only being brought in as a witness and not a suspect. But not having a lawyer makes you incredibly vulnerable because, for one thing, a lawyer might clue you in to an absolutely insane power that police in America have been given by the Supreme Court. In In the United States, a detective can legally lie about the evidence to a suspect. It is lawful for detectives to turn to a suspect and say, you say you didn't do this, but we've got your fingerprints on the murder weapon. Or we have a victim who had hair in her grasp and we tested the hair, it's yours. Or the shoe prints we found at the scene are yours. Or that polygraph you wanted to take, you failed it. It's true, the police in this country can flat out lie to you to make you think you have no choice but to confess. And some of the lies they tell are simply ridiculous. An investigator in Florida told a the suspect they had a laser, the kind that you shoot on Star Wars, and with it, they could actually lift fingerprints off bodies. A technology that, to be clear, does not exist. <laughs> Although, having said that, I'm now pretty sure that we're just one bad pitch meeting away from the Star Wars laser getting its own ten-episode series on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> the laser will be voiced by Oscar Isaac and will all come. <laughs> now, allowing the police to lie to suspects is crazy. Most countries do not allow it, and for good reason. It is far too powerful a tool. Remember Robert Davis. It might still be hard for you to imagine why he confessed to doing something that he didn't do. But look at what the interrogator was claiming in that room.
0: I got evidence up there. Dust is made of most of us
2: human dead skin. That can be picked up, that DNA. I'm not going to keep you from the worst, Robert. If you don't talk to me, I can't keep you from the worst. <laughs> what is it? Yeah, Ronnie, you were. You were there.
3: The evidence shows you were there. The evidence shows you... I can't lie about the evidence. I can't lie about the evidence. He lied as he lied about the evidence. And did it gesturing with all the theatrical nuance of a high schooler auditioning for a few good men. (laughs) The overwhelming pressure of a police interrogation, coupled with their ability to invent evidence, can actually make people question their own memories. That happened with Christopher Tapp who served 20 years in prison for a murder he did not commit and was heavily manipulated during his interrogation. I wasn't there.
1: Wait, I think you sounded to me, like, I was there.
4: The police told me a few times that if there was something that horrific, you would definitely hide it, and it'd go in your subconscious. It's
0: just like me. <laughs> Some of the real stuff that we see out on the streets, <laughs> my mind shuts down on me because I don't want to remember. I started second-guessing myself during all this. I started to not believe in myself
1: or who I was. I don't know, but right now everything I've been saying, what I think is right in my head,
3: has been wrong. That is terrible. And it is more than a little infuriating how that investigator convinces him of doubting his own memory by making it seem like it happens all the time. You half expect him to say, you know how you can't remember if it was the Berenstein Bears or Berenstain Bears? Or if Shaq was in a movie called Shazam. Or maybe it was Sinbad and the movie was actually called Kazam. That's what your brain's doing right now, but with murder. Brains are weird, huh?
0: Now, not only do these, people who are doing this do this because you know if it's law enforcement or what have you it makes you not focus on getting the people who possibly are abusing you in trouble it gets you to instead focus on threats that there's something the cops have on you to put you in defensive mode Um, they do this so they you know in many cases law enforcement when they initiate this kind of gang stalking on someone um, they will do this to run out the statute of limitations for their crimes you understand they understand that you only have like three years or what have you depending on the offense to nail these guys' ass to the wall um, because they did something and they will absolutely stonewall you While you're trying to, even while you're trying to report these police who did something wrong to you or what have you. If that is the case, if that's the cause of your gang stalking. And, I mean, it's a pain in the ass to even just report police for their own wrongdoings. They stonewall you. They play games with you. They refuse to give you forms to fill out because they know Internal Affairs will end up reading those. Um, And I have a clip here from... A Channel 4 News in Florida where they did an investigation to show, um, I'm just going to show a small part of it, but just dozens of police departments in, Florida, in that area of Florida when they did this report threatened the people trying to file reports, um, they played games, they asked, you know, all of a sudden the peop- they would start to ask the people who were uh, asking for a form if they were on drugs. All of a sudden, they did that to put them on the defensive. So now they're no longer thinking about trying to nail these cops' ass to the wall. And here's a clip. Against police officers.
3: Now, live, this is CBS 4 News at 11.
5: We sent undercover cameras into dozens of police stations. We wanted to find out how people
0: would be treated and what the procedures are for filing complaints against police officers.
5: I-Team investigator Mike Kirsch is here now with his investigation into what some might consider police station intimidation.
4: Police departments around the country, like here in Tallahassee, give citizens police complaint forms all the time, no questions asked. But walk into a police station in South Florida trying to find out how to file a complaint and watch what happens.
0: Yeah, I wanted to find out how to file a complaint against an officer sir i just wanted to find out how to do it you guys have a form or something that i could take with well, me you
2: gotta tell me first and then i gotta hear what's going on you gotta tell me what the complaint is do
0: you have a complaint form that i can like fill out or something like that
2: might not be a, a legitimate complaint
0: who decides that i'm trying to help you like if there's a form why can't i just take it and leave right
2: no you don't leave with forms you tell me what happened and then i help you from there do you have do you have an idea on you? Why? You know what? You need to leave, okay? You're refusing to tell me what you want to do, okay? You're refusing to tell me who's involved, where it happened, what transpired. You're not cooperating with me one bit.
0: I was just asking if you guys have a complaint form or, like, if have there's a some nice way, way for me to contact Internal Affairs. You can do whatever the hell
1: you want. It's a free country.
0: Why are you cursing at me?
1: Where do you live? Where do you live? Oh, yes, all right, first of so you're not going to tell me where you live, what your name is, or anything like that? Right. I mean, if you're gonna kind of like, I mean, if I ask... So are you anyone, on
0: medication? Why would you ask me something like that? Because you're not answering any of my questions. So I'm on medication? I asked you. It's
1: a free country. I can ask you that. Okay, you're right. So you're not going to tell me who you are.
5: You're
1: not going to tell me what the problem is. You're not going to identify yourself. Yeah, all I asked you was, like, how do I contact... You said you today. had a complaint. You say my officers are acting in an inappropriate manner. Leave now. All right, all right, all right. Leave now. How will one is a, a Leave now. You better keep walking, son, before you get yourself into trouble. I'm not doing anything wrong. Neither am I. It's a free country. Goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, Why don't you get out of my face? I'm not in your face. I'm standing. Sidewalk, free country. Drive One more step towards me, see what happens. I'm I didn't red, red, I I way. Take one more step said, towards me, right. see what I, I, happens. There's about three reports out in the driveway.
0: Now, going back to how these cops will also use the devaluing gaslighting technique, uh, which we did a podcast on previous to this one. It's the podcast right before this one. Um they might be vague while they are doing the devaluing technique to... Uh, because they don't have anything on you. But they will have like a theme and it's almost like playing the game Guess Who. You ever play the game Guess Who and you're like does your guy have blonde hair? Does he have a giant nose? Does he wear glasses or whatever? They're going to play this game where they're going to try to fuel you out to see if you might be paranoid of anything. Um, as well as insinuating that they have something on you that you don't know about, and then they'll give you a little piece here, a little piece there, and what they're really doing is they're just writing a story, but if they keep you terrified while they're slowly feeding you pieces of this false narrative of why they're abusing you, right? Because, like I said, if they keep beating you over the head with something, unfortunately, the human mind, it doesn't have an infinite amount of willpower to resist... That amount of gaslighting. And they understand that the technique requires. um, uh, Constant commitment. So they will just. Keep. Hitting you over the head with it. But they'll be vague with things. Etc. Because. If they don't have anything. They don't have anything. Now one of the things that will happen. If they don't have anything. Is then they will spread rumors about you to the community that match up to that matches up to the lie they're trying to sell you on now why do they do this this is a strategic advantage because first and foremost when people hear things from a cop or have you they immediately think that they are not being lied to that they are being told 100% of the truth just because we have this idea that all cops are good and I, and I don't and you know what I I would hate to, I don't want this to be the, you know, some, I've had some comments saying I, I, I dump on cops. I don't. It's just, I've had a lot of unsavory interactions with them, um, in the past 10 years since my abuse started. And, you know, I understand they're protecting their own neck and they're, um, it is what it is. Uh, I, I don't. I don't have a problem with cops, I don't I don't sit there and I don't think in my head like cops are my enemy or what have you, there, it's, you know, my problem are just with assholes who happen to have that as a job title it would be the dumbest thing possible for me to just put this blanket term that oh, all cops are bad or whatever but unfortunately the way our um, police state now has been set up over the past 20 years um, 99% of the time you're being gang-stopped, police are actively involved in what's happening. But, going back to it. So, going back to the cops spreading the rumors. Um, they will spread these rumors because what will happen is it aids in the gaslighting. If they spread these rumors about you that they're trying to sell you on, because they understand the devaluing gaslighting technique, and they understand that willpower is a finite resource, and they understand the, the, the power of being consistent with a false narrative, gaslighting with a false narrative, and if you've been paying attention at all to this podcast, you understand, I talk heavily about the six methods of persuasion, one of them being commitment and consistency, and the six scientific methods of persuasion, which is what they are, it's what how the mind perceives reality. Nowhere on that list is the word truth or facts. Crazy, right? So they understand the basic psychological principle of hitting you over and 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 over, right? Over the head with this and harassing you about it, etc. Now when they start to then spread this lie to about you two people in the community, now you're gonna have people who feel very empowered. To harass you, because the police are now, which are using their credibility of and hiding behind their badge, to then tell these people in town not only are you a bad person, but if they fuck with you, there will be no consequence. So then, these people in town are now—they don't even realize—they've now become cast members in a in, in this group of corrupt law enforcement's uh, little little production. And they don't know that they're helping sell you on a narrative that is also fake. Do you understand? And so that's the that's the that's the strategic advantage. If while they're trying to sell you on a lie, using their devaluing um gaslighting technique, they're also spreading that same lie to everyone else, using their badge, etc., and their credibility, or they'll use other credi- credible people in the community to spread that lie about you while they're still trying to feed it to you right they're still trying to convince you this is what's going on you weren't it wasn't because we tried to extort you it wasn't because we stomped all over your constitutional rights it wasn't because we with ab- this we abused our power and our job or whatever or whatever the reason it was it's not because of you're trying to leak something to the press, or it's, it's because of this, and they put you in the defensive, etc. Just like in that clip when he he's like, he when the cop tried to switch the power dynamic, and he says, "Are you on drugs?" You remember that? That's what they try. They try to put you in defensive mode, so you're no longer thinking about pursuing your original goal. Now. I want to go ahead and talk about how they, uh, how a piece one piece of bad information can spiral out of control now why is bad information while you're going through this program such a danger is because one small piece of misinformation that is being spread about you will be used as a seed to then base other, types of comparisons about you on all further information. And if it gets out of hand and your abuse happens long enough, let's say years, right? All of a sudden, it first started off as uh, an accusation that the cops knew wasn't true, right? But now, a year and a half later, the game of telephone, people add things to some things, people who don't like you in the community all of a sudden hear things about you, they want to add their story, then all of a sudden you become Hitler, it will go from a, a rumor that's that the cops know isn't true, right, and people are kind of, oh yeah, well watch out for that guy or whatever, right, and then it will just keep going and going and going, especially if the police are like, You can do whatever you want to him. He's a bad person. We just wanted to warn you about this guy. Blah, 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 blah. People take that as a hall pass to treat you like a doormat. Why? Because people are terrible. Unfortunately, they are. There are just so many people out there who do not live rad lives. And they jump at the opportunity to treat another person like they are less than. And this bad information can spiral out of control and then make people base so uh, all kinds of information on a total lie. And I want to use this story that just happened, believe it or not, of a company that's based here in San Diego called Genentech. Um, and this is from The Daily Cause. The Daily Cause is a, is a huge blog, believe it or not, back when people were we had something called the blogosphere before social media was cool. There was something called the blogosphere, right? I can't believe that was a word. But that's where this, this, these guys, the Daily Cause, are independent journalists and 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 um, media pundits, and they also um, do a little bit of reporting. And the Daily Cause has this story about a, what happened with this company here in San Diego. San Diego has lots of. Of uh, pharmaceutical companies here, it's we're we're the Silicon Valley for pharmaceutical companies. And there's this company Genentech, and one of the drugs that they use is an Alzheimer's drug, or one of the drugs that they manufacture and market is an Alzheimer's drug. And I'm going to read the story. It says last month, drug company Genentech reported the first clinical trials of the drug uh, Crinezumab a drug-targeting amyloid proteins that form sticky plaques in the brains of Alzheimer's disease patients. The drug had been particularly effective in animal models, and the trial results were eagerly awaiting as one of the most promising treatments in years. But it did not work. The drug did not slow prevent cognitive decline in people with a predisposition towards Alzheimer's. Last year, the Food and Drug Administration narrowly approved the use of Aduhelm, a drug from Biogen that the company has priced so highly that it's expected to drive up the price of Medicare for everyone in America. Just this drug. Even those who never need this drug, Aduhelm was the first drug to be approved that fights the accumulation of the plaques in the brain that um, cause Alzheimer's. What makes the approval of the 56 thousand dollar a dose drug so controversial as while it does decrease plaques it doesn't actually slow Alzheimer's. In fact clinical trials were suspended in 2019 after the treatment showed no clinical benefits which did not keep Biogen from seeking the drugs drugs approval or pricing it astronomically. Over the last two decades Alzheimer's drugs have been notably mostly for having a 99% failure rate in human trials. It's not unusual for drugs that are effective in vitro and in animal models to turn out to be less than successful when used in humans. But Alzheimer's has a record that makes the batting average in other areas look like a Hall of Fame material. And now we have a good idea why, because it looks like the original paper that established the amyloid plaque model, which was the foundation for all Alzheimer's research over the last 16 years, may not just be wrong, but a deliberate fraud. So, take that in consideration. I'm going to keep reading the article. This guy went ahead and fabricated, the, the person who initiated the whole industry for Alzheimer's, our modern understanding of Alzheimer's and how to fix it, etc. And memory care, you know how many memory care places are all over the place, etc. He, They found out this guy falsified his evidence and now the entire Alzheimer's science industry has been built on a fucking lie. Let's keep going. In 2006, Nature published a paper called A Specific Amyloid B Protein Assembly in the Brain that Impairs Memory Using a Series of Studies in Mice The paper concluded that a memory deficit in middle-aged mice Were directly caused by the accumulation of soluble substances known as AB56 This was a specific form of a group known as Toxic Allogomers And had long been been suspected as a possible precursor to amyloid plaques. The plaque that builds up in your brain, basically, that makes you forget shit. The paper then went on to directly connect that the condition to cognitive deficits associated with Alzheimer's disease, independently of other conditions affecting the aging brain. The study didn't come out of nowhere it only seemed that confirmed that one of the several hypotheses about alzheimer's had been circulating at this this hypothesis about alzheimer's had been circulating for many years after all the brains of alzheimer's patients do contain plaques that can sometimes seriously alter the structures of the brain those plaques do contain amyloids. It's not much of a stretch to suggest that those amyloids are a primary cause of the associated memory loss and dementia that Alzheimer's brings. Amyloids cause plaques, plaques cause damage, and damage causes Alzheimer's. That was the general assumption. That 2006 paper was primarily authored by neuroscience professor Sylvain Lesney. And given more weight by the name of well-respected neuros- neuroscience Karen Ash, both from the robust neuroscience research team at the University of Minnesota. It was Ash who produced the transgenic mice used in the study, which generally do appear to have Alzheimer's-like symptoms, and that have been used since have been used as the favored animal models for a generation of treatments. On our website, ASH, called AB56 the first substance ever identified in brain tissue and Alzheimer research that was shown to cause memory impairment. That was based on their research. Let's keep going further. What intrigued Schrag Sh- uh, when he came back to this seminal work, were these images, Images in the paper that were supposed to show the relationship between memory issues and the presence of AB-56 or paper to have been altered, some of them appeared to have been pieced together from multiple images. Shreg shied away from actually focusing on this foundational paper of being a fraud, but he definitely raised red flags. He raised those concerns discreetly at first in a letter sent directly to the National Institute of Health. Only when that letter failed to generate a response did Schrag bring his suspicion to others. Now, Science Magazine has concluded its own six-month review, during which it consulted with image experts, that what they found seems to confirm Schrag's suspicions. They concurred with his overall conclusions, which cast doubt on hundreds of images. It casts doubt on the images, including more than 70 of Lesney's papers. Some look like shockingly blatant examples of image tampering, believe it or not, says Donna Wilcock, an Alzheimer's expert at the University of Kentucky after reviewing the images molecular biologist elizabeth bick said of the paper the obtained experimental results might not have been the desired results and that the data might have been changed to fit the hypothesis should this fraud turn out to be as extensive as it appears at first glance the implications will go well beyond just ...misdirecting tens of billions of funding and millions of hours of research over the past two decades. So basically, these two people got together and fudged some images... ...and then made up a a story based on these images, this Ash and this other scientist... And then never changed the story. And now years have gone by. And now everybody is looking at the the cause and the science, etc. Of Alzheimer's, all wrong. And that is what I, that's how, why misinformation being spread about you. One little thing, after a while, can get out of control. So basically the past 20 years of Alzheimer's research. Is basically worthless because they had a hypothesis and their research didn't fit the hypothesis right they had they had they they had a they had they had a theory in their brain and then their theory didn't match up to the things that they had so then they doctored these images and then just went off of that and just millions and billions of dollars of research and grant research grants, et cetera. all based off this science that was supposed to be supposedly the basis for all all Alzheimer's research. Pretty crazy, right? Well, that's why this shit can get out of hand and it could really, really, really mess you up. But it's important to understand why cops now spread misinformation while they're messing with you. And then when it gets out of hand, it just snowballs into this mess. And like I said, it can be one piece of misinformation where people look at you differently when they see you in town. But two years down the road, five years down the road, now you're you're fucking Hitler and pushing old nuns down the stairs while writing bags of kittens on fire. Like It just gets out of control. And, and that story about Genentech... Is a great example how a seed of some misinformation about someone can just exponentially go bananas. So that only compounds on them using the devaluation technique while they're trying to convince you that you actually deserve this abuse for whatever. It's not at all because you were abused or your rights were theft were. Stomped all over or cops abused you or they abused their authority or somebody tried to steal something from you And maybe these cops are helping them or whatever it is They will try to convince you your abuse is for other reasons and they understand Repetition and and, and Gaslighting eventually will take its toll on the subject. It is science. You're you're fighting science you have a whole bunch of cops who are also uh, um, vouching for these corrupt cops, etc., thanks to things like the Blue Wall of Silence. We will get into that in just a second. But, as a, as a strategy, while they're trying to gaslight you that you deserve this, they're also lying to people in the community and making this... Uh, a, and then people in the community will start also abusing you and they don't understand they're actually just cast members in a production that they didn't realize they were getting into. They were helping push something along without them even realizing it. They were helping the, the bad people, essentially, in your abuse, which is how lots of people in towns and what have you, when they are under gang stock. And just like oh my gosh. Like it's like everybody everywhere. Blah 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 blah. And some people think it's the Illuminati one. They're like no they're just. There's these how society is structured. And how misinformation and information. Who that everyone thinks is true. And people will build on the information. And come onto their own conclusions etc. Just like we show with that gen and tech stuff. It can feel like you're surrounded. Only because the techniques that are employed. Um understand how like social dominoes and information and the game of telephone is played it just seems like they're everywhere believe me i've read quite enough um people in like facebook groups and i'm now just starting to get back on the the groups on reddit and stuff like that because they were kind of sparse for a while but um Lots of people are just like, oh my gosh, I think it's the Illuminati or whatever. It's it's, it's not. It's, unfortunately, it's law enforcement, uh, most time corrupt law enforcement, not the good cops. It's usually dirtbag cops who are doing something to you for some reason, and then they understand that their badge carry some sort of credibility and then they'll spread rumors about you to the people in the community usually like Karens and shit you know just broads who they don't do shit between the hours of you know 8 30 when they drop the kids off until like fucking Dr. Oz comes on or some shit and then those and then Karens love to spread nonsense and then Based on that poor information, more and more shit gets added to it, and what have you. And then sooner or later, you realize you know you've gone so far. But it's a, a strategy. Now they will wear you down until they think you've swallowed their get their devaluing gaslight gaslit narrative that you deserve this abuse for whatever reason you did something or whatever. Even though they might have the evidence to prove the otherwise, and they know it. And they just want to make you think you deserve your abuse. Like I said. like To change, you put you in defensive mode. Have you not thinking about your original problem. Kind of like how they did to that guy who was trying to file over a complaint. And then all of a sudden the cops started asking if he was on drugs or taking drugs. Et it's to put you in defense mode. Well um, yeah. Once they get you to swallow it. Well... Uh, you know, now, now that's, now they're really going to hit you hard. Now, in my case, when I was going through this, they tried to convince me of all sorts of crazy shit that I committed hate crimes, that I tried, that I threatened a president. They were just, they were looking under every rock to try to make me not focus on what happened and try to make me think I deserve this for whatever reason. They were trying to see what it is they could convince me that I did to convince the. the um, they're trying to convince me what it is I think that I could have done. And then once they were convinced I was sold, they will put all their eggs in that basket and just dog paw on that. Then the rumors initially that they spread, they will just they'll pour gasoline on them and then spread them like wildfire. It just is what it is. But once they convince you of they, of something that even they know is not true, they are going to go absolute ape shit on you. Now, if they can't convince you, um, they will definitely, like in my case, they will circulate clips of where all these cop where I was being... Well, my, the people who are messing with me, believe it or not, th- this is crazy. I had to find this out the hard way, just by trial and error, going around to different uh, eh, law enforcement agencies, federal agencies, etc., and fooling them out. Um, you know, I, and I had local cops on, uh, involved in this. Um, and like I've said in previous podcasts, my situation is one local situation ended up kind of car crashing into a much larger situation, which were aren't, which were not at all related, but they became related once this third party came in, uh, came in and was like, yeah, we were observing this. He said these things and he shouldn't know these things. And then after that, literally overnight while these guys, while well, these cops and these local military guys who were trying to extort me, and and a couple of, like, DHS guys, Department of Homeland Security guys, that that I partied with before I fucking partied with these dudes, believe it or not, uh, uh, years before this even happened. Anyways, long story longer, uh, once I brought up something while I was being grilled because these guys were trying to, you know, They failed to extort me, and now they are trying to figure out how they were going to weasel their way out of it. I said something um, that was unrelated to this case, and then a third party um, entered the chat. And then overnight, all of the people who lived in all the apartment units all around me all moved out. And within 48 hours, I had a whole new group of dudes who looked like ex Navy SEALs or some shit, living all around me. When I would when I would go outside to my patio, they would all go outside to their patio and just mean mug me. Uh, they made their presence very well known that they were there to observe me. I was I was to stay home at all at all costs, etc. It was crazy, like almost overnight, just because I said these fucking magic words, and then everything shifted focus, and then the new people that came in after I spoke up about that JFK Jr. thing then started to work with the local people, but the local people still had their reputations to, to uphold, so if anything, they won the fucking lottery. Long story longer. If they can't convince you, while they're were while they abusing you and trying to, you know, convince you that you're the bad person or whatever, right? Because they understand how effective gaslighting is. They're most likely now uh, going to, because this psychological abuse really breaks you down. And when they're also giving you things like psychotropic drugs, they will start making you OD on like antidepressants etc if you didn't know if you OD on antidepressants some people or actually a lot of people believe it or not have the opposite effect and what happens is you become manic depressive which means you can just get into these crazy fits etc but it's a side effect for somebody who does not require these drugs and since their mind their their system is being overwhelmed by these things it can, can cause them to get very emotional, etc. And so, while you're being abused, while they're doing the devaluing, gaslighting, while they're trying to scare the shit out of you with all these things, you're gonna go through some fucking ups and downs. And they will start to well. In my case, I imagine this would happen as well. Can uh, this would happen as well for you, just to try to uh, break down your. Uh, Worth in your community, so no one helps you. They started circulating clips of me going through breakdowns, etc. But people didn't know. They were they were just they were given improper context for things. They were putting crazy titles on the videos and like you know this is what happens when you blah blah blah. They were just making up stories and then just showing clips out of context, posting them up on different social medias or posting them on Snapchat. These these motherfuckers just. Just dirtbags how they did this. And people didn't understand. I was being drugged. I was being manipulated. I was being gaslit. Uh, Eventually you become disillusioned. Because you're just surrounded by these fucking assholes. And so they were posting all these clips. And they were posting them out of context. Or putting new context on them. Of them just fucking torturing me. And the after effects or what have you. And they just, yeah, I mean, it's just, that's just their strategy. They, if no one wants to support you because they think you're a mess or what have you, and these people don't understand, and they don't care, because people don't care about anybody but themselves. If they don't understand you were being put through the paces, you know, these things look weird, and it, it only adds to all the stuff that they were spreading about you what have you. But. All cops really care about is, well, corrupt cops. All corrupt cops care about when they're putting you through this. Corrupt law enforcement. I don't want to just signal out cops because I was getting harassed by Department of Homeland Security. All sorts of people. Um, is just not going to jail. If you're in this program and it's because, you know what I'm saying, your rights were abused. And then all of a sudden they wanted to avoid incarceration or paying you something or what have you. Um... We go, I've gone over this story about, um, uh, I think it's called Stephen James in the UK where he got murdered and then the cops messed up the murder investigation and to cover their own ass. Instead, they smeared the family of the murder victim because they didn't want to look like they were slipping. Like cops in law enforcement, they do these things for all sorts of crazy reasons. The reputation, um, you know, they also don't require, you know. Uh, any kind of criminology degree etc to become a law enforcement officer so you know basically we just have to get all dues in high school so there are some people who end up enrolling who aren't the brightest and all they care about is not having to pay for their fuck-ups um, the corrupt cops are really lean on brotherhood uh, it's called the blue wall of silence Uh, It's been given a name by the media, but it's really just like a no-snitching policy, like some like local dirtbag gangs have. It's there's there's no there's no like blue code, or it's just they're just they're just scared little girls, and they they just have this whole culture of intimidation, and then eventually the bullies in those systems move up the ladder. And then you know, I'm saying, then you had—that's how you get departments full of people too afraid to call people out, and then the corruption gets out of hand. Um, in fact, the blue wall of silence—I guess you would call it—or cops going out of their way to defend somebody who committed a, a horrendous atrocity. Here is a clip, believe it or not. Now, the um, the video clip—they bleep out every time the. Every time these people start cussing, because I guess this clip also made it to the media, this is the one I could find. But the night that George Floyd murdered, uh, I'm sorry, the night that George Floyd was murdered, Derek Chauvin, the cops came to his house from departments all around the state and formed a literal human wall around his house. Here's that clip.
5: Look how many people are defending this killer's house. Look. Many are defending this killer's house. Look, many are defending this killer's house. Look how many are defending this killer's house. Look how many. Look how many. Look how many. Look how many, look how many are deutil- defending this killer's house. Look, look at this. Look at it. Look at many. They're defending a murderers house. They are defending a murderers house. Look at them. Look at
2: them.
5: Look at her ass just got maced by <laughs> and They ready to do it to all the rest of us too. Y'all know no, no, wrong.
0: So, yes, there will be lots of people in law enforcement, what have you, let's say, you're in this because, you know, law enforcement are involved, which 99% of the time, some law enforcement or federal law enforcement agency is involved. It just is. Um, you have to now, because of this kind of now no snitching, stop snitching kind of gang member type mentality, they call it the blue wall songs, it's not, it's just like, it's just like some gang with the stop snitching shit, um, because of this, you know, you have this now perverted idea, uh, ideal uh, it, that is within lots of law enforcement agencies where they will just blindly protect someone who committed heinous, heinous crimes, it's crazy, it's super crazy, um in fact here is another clip because i just want you to understand how to control the skits if you have problems with just some people while you're going through your gang stalking or you know what i'm saying you're dealing with the federal law enforcement agency and when you have feds messing with you bro they get a blank check to just nuke your whole life and eventually they like how that feels it becomes their costume just shitting and dunking on you every day and you become their little punching bag and it gets out of hand but then you have this blind loyalty built into uh, law enforcement agencies and that's how some of this gang stalking stuff which may have only should have lasted if anything like I said until the statute of limitation runs out like around like 20 27 months or something like that um For these cops. It ends up going on much longer. Because now you have this weird culture. Where you mess with one. You mess with all of them. And then they're worried now. That even though they ran out the statute of limitations. And you can't hit them back. And like I said. This could be for whistleblowers etc. You know what I'm saying. Because if these cops are are told. Hey you're allowed mess with this guy, he's making the government look bad or whatever, they end up losing their minds, just like the people that usually local cops will tell that they're allowed to, um, you know, have a field day with you. These cops are the same way. They're allowed to just, oh, so we can just walk all over this dude? And they just lose their fucking minds about it. It's crazy. But let me, it's a real deep problem, and here's one cop, believe it or not, this guy... His mom and dad were both cops. He became a cop. Within a year, he made detective. Do you know what? Detectives are smart people. And then he reported people in his uh, department. And it ruined his life. And here's a clip of that.
5: Joining us now is former Baltimore police detective Joe Crystal. Um, Joe's story was revealed by us on the I-Team, uh, I guess, the winter of 2014. When he um, claimed uh, subject to allegations of witness intimidation because of his role in a police misconduct case. Joe is now uh, working in another department in another part of the country, and we'll talk a little bit about that. First of all, um, you left the department a little less than a year ago. Why did you leave the Baltimore Police Department?
4: First of all, Ms. Miller, I wouldn't say I left. I was more forced out than anything else. Um, I was forced out because the commissioner kind of made it clear to me that. He didn't want me there. The things he told you guys in the media, um, I would have a fruitful career, things of that nature. They moved me around. I didn't even know where I was assigned to on a day to day basis. They were at that time even trying to investigate me, despite the fact that they told you guys, hey, we're going to get to the bottom of what happened with this guy. So it just got to a point where I realized I wasn't wanted there. And it's Did I resign? Yes, I resigned. But it wasn't that I resigned because I wanted to. I was forced out by the department.
5: And I will add that you are in litigation. You have filed suit against the Baltimore Police Department. That is a pending case. um, Just so we know what is going on there. And but you have taken a role uh, in talking about being a whistleblower. Why is it that in police organizations, and I don't say all, but that we, why I guess, why there are so few of you? That, um, THAT STEP FORWARD AND BLOW THE WHISTLE ON WHAT YOU PERCEIVE TO BE, uh, YOU KNOW, AN OFFICER who DOES THE WRONG THING, OFFICER commi- COMMITS MISCONDUCT. WHY ARE THERE SO FEW?
4: FROM OFFICERS I'VE SPOKEN TO SPECIFICALLY EVEN WITHIN THE BALTIMORE POLICE DEPARTMENT, IS THAT THEY'RE SCARED. THEY HEAR STORIES LIKE WHAT HAPPENED WITH ME. AND THEY DON'T WANT THAT TO HAPPEN TO THEM. THEY HAVE FAMILIES, THEY HAVE CHILDREN. THEY'RE SCARED OF LOSING THEIR JOBS. Um, I KNOW, LIKE RECENTLY, OTHER PEOPLE HAVE SPOKEN ABOUT IT. Even uh, Sergeant Lisa Robinson, when she spoke about some of the officers in the pretty Gray thing, they said Baltimore City has a stop snitching mentality. And that's something that needs to be addressed within the department that we have to separate ourselves. We have to realize that we're police and we have to hold ourselves to that higher standard. And I think at the end of the day, people don't like, I guess, feeding into the stereotypes that the people say about police. Everybody says police be cops. Nobody likes to hear another officer doing it. And once somebody does that and kind of confirms some of the things people say, I think the people in the department kind of feel that you're not siding with the department you're siding with the community
5: what do you from your perspective and again just to go over
0: so this stuff it gets really scary you know and unfortunately our law enforcement agencies aren't structured to prevent this and i don't want it to be a black eye on first responders because like who are you going to call when you're in trouble you know what i'm saying And this dude trades a paycheck to be the person between you and danger Um, unfortunately there are people who take the caveats that come with that job and then they run with them and then they do quite a bit of damage to other people's lives and since their job is since because of their job they learned how to sidestep consequences it turns it into becoming a game and when you have cops lying to you To make you believe that you did something wrong, it wasn't them. And they understand at least the basic psychology of understanding the commitment and consistency principle and how your um, willpower is a finite resource. They know they can just keep hitting you over the head the same way that remarketing... Make so many billions of dollars every year because they understand the repetition factor. Um, it gets out of hand. Lots of corrupt shit happens, and then all of a sudden, it becomes a game, and they will keep lying to you to make you believe you deserve these things, etc. And they will just keep doing it, even though maybe they've been told to lay off you or what have you. It will get out of hand, and it's something you have to be prepared for. Because anything that becomes eventually becomes a competition, right? Whether it's trying to trying to dunk on someone that has dirt on you, or maybe caught you trying to extort them, or you know destroy your you know, or take you know rescind your constitutional rights and treat you like less of a human, etc. Whenever something becomes a game like that, um, and the people who are playing that game. Know how to game the system to avoid consequences if they're wrong. It just gets out of hand, and you know one of the one of the snippets out of that Joe Rogan episode I mentioned that I played earlier with the um, wrongful conviction uh, podcast. Um, he nails it on the head of what you're up against when cops are trying to convince you and they're lying to you that you did something or what have you Um, how out of hand it can get because now lying to you and trying to dunk on you and trying to fucking force this thing down your throat or what have you becomes a game and I think Rogan um, sums it up perfectly right here
1: he came within a month of being executed by the state of Louisiana when an attorney, uh investigator, was staring into a microscope and saw the DNA evidence that proved that he was not guilty of this murder and he was ultimately exonerated. And he wrote an opinion piece in the New York Times where he said, I don't understand why the prosecutor who prosecuted... Because he proved that they knew he was innocent before they prosecuted him, right? He knew it. And, and it was absolutely proven that was not in question. So... He said, I don't understand why that prosecutor is not being charged with attempted murder. They tried to kill me, and they knew I was innocent, and I've proven that. But, and what
2: happens that? to the prosecutor? Nothing. 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 This Nothing. is I've been saying this for a long time, that there's a real problem with human beings when it comes to anything where there's a game. And the problem with policing and prosecuting people and convicting people, and it's a game. And meaning that there's winners and losers. And when, when there's winners and losers, people cheat there's a lot of people with poor character and they just want to win and they get caught up in this game i mean you can call it a game you can call it a pursuit whatever you want to call it there's a there's an end that you want to achieve if you're successful and if you if you don't achieve that end you are unsuccessful so when people are trying to achieve this end they will do all kinds of things and it's just inherently a part of human beings that are weak people of weak character people that are morally flawed they do things like that they'll they'll they they'll know they're wrong and they do it anyway they they know that someone is innocent and they pursue it anyway because they want that w
0: i hope this podcast finds you as i broadcast from deep inside the filter bubble